tomatoes. Attack of the killer tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. She must be rotten to the core. They're standing outside your door. Welcome to another fabulous episode of Retrovaniacs, our third uh, October together, our third Halloween month together. Uh, we're going to start off the month right with a uh, arguably scary game uh, based on an arguably <laughs> scary franchise, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes for the Nintendo Entertainment System. But before we do that, Billy, what have you been playing since last episode? Uh, not a lot's changed. Uh, I've had a lot of Destiny 2. I think I've, I've reached the point there where leveling up is, is a little more difficult. Um it, it took a lot longer to get there in the first Destiny, but it's it's a lot more fun in this one. So I don't have any complaints there. Uh, there are people still way ahead of me. Uh, I just have to do some of the more advanced missions and whatnot and, and other things I'm honestly not skilled enough to pull off. Uh, everybody's golf. Still. <laughs> still playing it. Still leveling. Keeping that back door strong. Uh, I, I'll tell you the main thing that's got me playing is uh, is I want to unlock the fishing in there. I, have, Jeremy, are you there yet? Uh, yes. Yeah, you get that at a uh, rank four. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm three. I'm climbing up for three. So Just I'm gonna keep there. playing. And then uh, and then the golf game will will cease and it'll just be a fishing game for me from then <laughs> on. But uh, I'm also right now. I was going through a thing. I, I'd like to try to play. You know, something related to the season every uh, every October, and I, I'm I'm going through my games and looking, and and I've settled on I think I'm going to play through uh, not a horror game, but I'm going to play through Grim Fandango, the uh, the remastered version of it. I was very excited for, and I got it, and I played it, and, but I didn't finish it, um, and I'm going to play on through that uh, for the month. I start on that today, and and just can't stress enough how enjoyable the game that is. Had you not played it before? I played it on the PC uh, yeah. a long time ago, uh, but I mean, I was just so hyped up for the the remaster of it, and and, and I got it, and I, I played it steady, but just just never finished it for whatever reason, and and finished figured a good old starting over is probably in order. That's about what I did. I I was I played it back on PC when it first came out, and I never beat it on there, and then I was going to with the remaster. Uh, and, as, and as soon as the day it came out, I was like, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this. And and I really enjoyed playing. I got through the first chapter, got to the point where um, uh, they're on the uh, the club, they're running mm-hmm. the club or whatever, and uh, stopped playing it. And I, I have not went back to it. And, so it has, I, and it's the weirdest thing because it has nothing to do with the. It's not a negative. No, uh-huh. towards the game. It's just uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'd say, I think that that chapter with with the club for me gets a bit tedious as far as like mm. running back the amount of things and places that you have to run back and forth to. Um, I remember when that, that chapter started, it just all came flooding back to me. Yeah. Like all of the, the crazy insane things you have to do in that chapter. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put this, <laughs> put this down for a minute. 
uh, and come back to it when when I've got a, maybe a little bit more patience. And I, I never did, so I, I need to get back on that. You're going to get that patience one day. Yeah, someday. I, I don't know. Well, very similar to Grim Fandango, uh, I've been playing a lot of Thimbleweed Park. I finally grabbed mm. it. I kept saying I was going to get it. I, I mean, I love those those old Monkey Island games, uh, and this basically plays exactly like that. It has the same, like the scum engine, but it's not the scum engine anymore because it's not LucasArts. But uh, amazing. And I, I feel like a fool for waiting so long to get it. Uh, I bought it for full price. I didn't wait for a sale this time. Uh, I feel good about that, at least. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing that a lot, and it's something I can play in front of my children and not scar them for life. So that's kind of a nice uh-huh. treat. Uh, and then the other thing I've been playing a lot of is Salt and Sanctuary. I'm back on that because I'm determined mm. to finish it. Again, it's it's a 2D Dark Souls. I mean, that's that seems like everything's a blank Dark Souls, but this literally is. Someone took the mechanics of Dark Souls and we're like, yeah, we're gonna just take these. Hope you don't mind. And it's, I mean, instead of getting souls, you get salt. But it uses the same purpose. You use it to level yourself up. You use it to upgrade your weapons. Um, you do have gold that you also use uh, to to buy some things and also use to upgrade. But really, salt slash souls is. Is, is the way it works, and as you die, you have to go back to where you were to kill the thing that killed you to get your souls back, uh, or salt, whatever it is. Uh, and the bosses are ridiculously hard, I mean, but it's so good. Um, but, but incredibly frustrating. I mean, that's one that, just like the Souls games in the later parts for me, it's like I can play it in a short burst. I'm at a, I'm at a place now where I have nowhere to go but fight this boss that I still have not done half damage on yet. I'm sure I'm just doing something wrong, and, and I'll get there. But, but after dying to him two or three times, and I actually have to do a run to get to him, I'm just like, okay, enough of this for today. Time to go back to Thimbleweed Park. <laughs> Something that's <laughs> not going to make me violently angry as I die over and over again. So uh, so those are the two things I've been playing. Jeremy, what have you been playing? Uh, I'm kind of like Billy. Not much has really changed since uh, the last podcast. I, I'm still playing Divinity to a good deal. Um, finally made it past the uh, the Starter Island. Uh, you guys want to take a wager as to how how many hours on on my Steam page it says that it, it took me to get past that? I'm gonna assume it's a sad amount. It, it well, it, it's kind of just like you know this is the it's basically the first chapter of the game, and it's it's all meant to just get you to the actual game, oh and it took me 28 hours. <laughs> I was correct. So, yes, it is. It, I. I got past that and i looked at it because you know after that then it's just like okay now your adventure starts and i'm just sitting there looking at the steam page where it says 28 hours i'm just like i i don't know if i want it to go any further because <laughs> this has taken so long to get going i mean i've loved my time with it it's just one of those things when i sit down with it i know i'm going to spend hours playing it um this is this almost is inventory simulator 2017 for me mm. uh it is one of those games i sit down and go to a merchant and I can spend 40 minutes trading, uh, equipping my character, going through different items. Um, it's a problem. And uh, I know every time I turn it on that it's going to be that. There's not a card game in this one, is there? Uh, no, not that I know of. But the uh, the inventory alone um, is something that, that just, it really gets to me. I, I don't know what it is just, about I don't this game. Ha- I, I don't have the patience for it. I can't. I think we have we feel the opposite about these these inventory management things. I you know I love I I love it, but I also hate it because it's it has taken up probably of that twenty eight hours. I probably spent a good five hours or more just fucking around with the inventory and equipping my characters and and uh, doing different things on on the skill pages and stuff like that. It is it it just seems like it's nonstop uh, for me. Uh, maybe other people play differently. I'm sure they do. 
But for me, it's it's when I get to a place where I where I really have to manage my inventory, uh, and and you kind of do because each person has their own inventory slots. Mm-hmm. Um, you really got to start managing that inventory, moving things around, using your different oh. bags to put other bags of stuff into uh, your your uh, crafting items. Jesus. Everything you 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 just got to deal with it. Um, See, I play I play Diablo, and I get angry when I pick up gear because I know I'm going to have to go into my inventory screen and look at all that shit and compare it. Well, so, yeah, I, if you I don't, don't like that. doing that, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have the best far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, I, I'm still having a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm going to continue playing it, mm-hmm. but I'm also like you playing Destiny as well. Oh, um, yeah. I I love that game because it doesn't. It, it really just lets me kind of sit down and play for an hour or so. You can a night ease and, in and ease out of that one. Yeah, it, it does not uh, fuck me over with nonstop grinding and, and the, the feeling that I have to grind. Mm-hmm. So I, I really love just being able to be like, all right, I'm going to get in. I'm going to do this adventure. I'm going to do my challenges. I'm going to do maybe my weekly stuff, and I'm good to mm-hmm. go. And, can, you tell, can you tell at this point where we're trying to talk uh, about anything but the, the subject today? <laughs> we could talk about baseball if you guys like the the, the playoffs are on, but I think instead we should just just buckle down for the first <laughs> Halloween 2017 Retrovaniacs game, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Thimbleweed Park. How are you liking that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do enjoy Thimbleweed Park, although there is some inventory management. You know what? Let's stay focused, or we're not going to talk about this game for more than a minute. Oh. Uh, let's start, before we even talk about the game, have either of you watched any of the Killer Tomatoes movie series? I, as a kid, my, my video store I went to, uh, they, they had, you know, up on the walls, they had posters from, from new releases, older movies, all kinds of things, and there was a poster for, for I guess, the, the first film. Uh, this i'm not familiar with this franchise which uh, i'm big b horror fan but but uh, i just never took this one on uh but i was always intrigued by that poster but i guess not enough to to ever look into it never seen the the film or films this seems like the kind of thing that would have more films than it deserved and no haven't seen the animated series and never played this game until until today see that's kind of crazy to me because you are uh, you know, you really get into the whole yes, B-movie horror do. thing. I, as someone why, that watches I... all of the Leprechaun movies, it seems like, every hey, October. I, I'm, getting ready to, <laughs> I'm getting ready to start tomorrow, in fact. Um, but, well, I skipped the fourth one, the, the one in space. Oh, it's uh, the worst movie. Good choice. <laughs> it's, Jesus, it's so bad. Let's talk about the, uh, the Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, every... Every episode, I try my best to, to not show my hand early, and I'm awful at it because I think uh, within my first statement or two, I, I pretty much say what I think about the game. But we're not going to try to do that this time. I, I need to know which one of you did this. Who's right. responsible for this one? This this is all me. I I, oh, I, I was excited about it 
uh, at a mention because I had not played what it. What a trick. Ever. No treat. Well, and I had seen these movies. I, the, the original Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was from 1978, and it's not it's not good, but it's intentionally bad. It's <laughs> it's making fun of, uh, you know, even the the intro of the movie makes, you know, mentions birds, uh, Hitchcock's birds, where it's like, oh, you guys were afraid of birds. Well, now you can be afraid of tomatoes. And that the whole movie is that idea, where it's like a standard afraid of something horror movie but it's the thing you're afraid of is tomatoes the point where it's like there's lots of slow motion shots of tomatoes rolling downstairs at people while they scream it's a bad movie but but enjoyable it's not i mean i remember seeing it as not when it was new by any means because i would have been one but uh i I saw it definitely during the go to the video store rent a movie age and i think because Mm -hmm. the sequel came out in 1988 that that's perfect time for me to have gone to to rent a horror movie and uh, so the attack of the killer tomatoes uh, bad campy very 70s i mean uh, there's a lot of of awkward you know giant ants giant lizards uh you know deathbed about a killer bed all these movies come out in the 70s cuz people were just making bad movies uh intentionally campy most of the time uh sometimes genius but uh this one not great but not bad but definitely worth seeing once uh, notably because the way they defeat the Killer Tomatoes is by playing one of the worst like teen pop songs of the 70s they made up for the movie, uh, and that made the tomatoes explode, which is wonderful. Uh, but hmm. either way, it was it was regarded as like you know a classic ah, campy film. Can you, can you give a fucking spoiler alert? <laughs> well, you know what? I figure after after night from 1978, that's a 39 year warning. I think you're okay. Uh, well, some of us move at our own pace. Well, the, the, the sequel came out 10 years later, 1988. It is a much higher budget, but still low budget <laughs> film. Uh, for example, it stars George Clooney before he became Ooh. super famous. But I think after he was at least an actor, it wasn't like this was his breakout role or whatever. This was I think his breakout was Roseanne, I believe. Uh, and, and then he was also on. No, he's on the Facts of Life, right? Uh, as the That's handyman. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the Facts of Life for an hour instead. That would let's, probably let's be better over, served. Let's go over this George Clooney guy's career. What else has he done? <laughs> well, most importantly for this episode, he was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes, uh, which takes the the. The universe of the killer tomatoes, they're no longer just afraid of tomatoes, uh, because toma- now the mad scientist who's only shown up in this movie, who was apparently behind the first movie but never mentioned and never shown, has created a way for tomatoes to turn into human beings so that he could make an army of like armed soldiers that when certain music is played, it turns them back into tomatoes. Uh, again, a very bad movie, but but it tries to be funny, and it kind of succeeds. It was enjoyable. That's when I know I had seen a bunch of times. Uh, and they actually made two more movies that I did not see, thankfully. Oh, they were wow. direct to VHS called Killer Tomatoes Strike Back and The Killer Tomatoes Eat France. I'm sure that's a top dollar straight <laughs> wow. to video release. Uh, I didn't see but either this, of those. Uh, but this, this game is not based on any of the films, is that correct? It is not based on the films except for it's based on the cartoon uh, in 1991 mm. or 1990, the same. Same year that Killer Tomatoes Strike Back was released. They put out as a kid's cartoon that was based on Return of the Killer Tomatoes, even though it's called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's not based on that movie at all. It's based entirely on Return of the Killer Tomatoes to the point where it has the same the same evil scientist. They have the same characters in it. Uh, the only major difference, uh, other than it's made for kids and not made for adults, is that the main character of that cartoon, Chad Finletter, uh, in the the movie, who's also Chad Finletter, is probably in his twenties, and he's trying to have sex with a tomato girl. Uh, in this game, oh. in, the, in the the cartoon, and therefore in this game, Chad Finletter is like a, a extreme teenager who skateboards and has a backwards hat, and uh, he he does have the same uh, girl that's a tomato uh, that he's 
he's not in love with necessarily, but almost like an older sister uh, that also works at the same pizza place. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. Point is, it's the same character, <laughs> and it's loosely based on the second movie named Return of the, of the Killer Tomatoes, but the game is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And that's all the background you need, because really, you didn't need to see any of these movies. You didn't need to watch the cartoon show. I watched an episode of the cartoon show just to remember, and it's not good. I don't know if any, if, if Jeremy bothered with that. I know Billy said he hadn't seen the cartoon, but, but did you bother watching any of these films or the cartoon show for the purpose of this podcast? I remember the, uh, the cartoon myself. That was what I remember. Um... The movies I never actually saw. You actually posted a link that was like the first movie in 10 minutes. Yeah, I'll and post that on I our watched, Twitter as well for everybody. Yeah, so that was, I, I watched that. And by the time it was over, I was I was just sitting there just like, this, this, is, this movie is longer than this. Like there was more to it because everything I think I needed to see about that movie was included in that 10 minutes. Uh, it, it just seemed so, so bad. And and I'm not sure if it's bad in a good way or not, but there were a couple little scenes there in that that I was just like, oh, Lord, you guys are trying so hard. Bless your hearts. But uh, it, I never actually saw the, the sequels or anything like that, but I totally remember that, that Saturday morning cartoon. And uh, I, I saw this game at the video store uh, at some point, but I never rented it. It was well after my time of caring about the NES uh, it was just one of those things, you know, you pass by the NES games to get to the Super NES games. Mm-hmm. And I, I was passing by, I said, there's fucking Killer Tomatoes. I bet <laughs> that game is, is really good. I was right, wasn't I? Oh, boy. Uh, this one, uh, very early, very early on, this one had a tail. And I, I knew just what I was getting into. At the first stage, the first few months, the, the town you have to go through, it looked it looked very familiar to me. And and I looked it up. I looked. I just I couldn't get beyond it. I looked it up, and it is in fact the same company that made Bart versus the Space Mutants. And and I'm not going to say too much about that one because maybe one day we'll get crazy and and, and do some of these Simpsons games. Lord knows they graced us with enough of those. But <laughs> uh, Bart versus the Space Mutants does not rank highly with me. And and I noticed it goes beyond that. I noticed that this damn thing controls just like it also. Yeah, the first level is you, you play as Chad Finletter. Um, let's even go back one step. The story of this game is that mm-hmm. you're Chad Finletter. You're trying to save your town, the town of San Zucchini, from the evil oh, Dr. Gangrene. Dr. Gangrene is the mad scientist from the movies. Uh, his goal is always to take over the town of San Zucchini so that he will eventually take over the world. But, of course, all he has to work with are tomato-based plans. So in this this game specifically, he's launching his super weapon, the Doomsday Tomato, which looks like a giant rocket that is made out of tomatoes. I don't know. And and you're supposed to stop him from launching it. So you, you literally start by running through the city to get to where the secret factory is, where his tomatoes are made, and, and the Doomsday Tomato is somehow attached to that facility. So you are, are running through the town while you do nothing but jump on tomatoes. Yep. Yeah, and and this jump, uh, it, it just it's it, it's it's floating. It it it's just weird. It's not it's not a a well executed Mario jump, uh, and it's all you've got. Uh, like I was waiting, you know, like maybe I start with the jump and I'll I'll pick up some stuff as as we get. No, you got that jump, 
and some tomatoes you jump right through, uh, some you bounce on, some you can bounce on all fucking day if you want to. Uh, it's, uh, there's not going to be a lot of good said about this game, I don't think. It's a, I mean, it, it starts off, and yeah, if you've played uh, Bart versus Space, uh, Bart versus the Space Mutants, you know what you're getting into. You know exactly, like as soon as you press forward and, and press jump on that <laughs> yes. uh, that control pad, uh, I, I had flashbacks because I played a lot of Bart versus the Space Mutants, okay. and to the point where I'm just like, they just ripped this off. But you know, if it's like what you said, if it's the guys that actually made that game, then uh, or made that engine or, or something with it then it makes a lot more sense because this really feels like the skeleton of, of Bart versus the Space Mutants with just a different skin on top of it. Mm-hmm. And somehow an, an even worse feeling game to play than what Bart versus the Space Mutants was. It, well, at least in Bart versus the Space Mutants, there was there were some other things to kind of do other than literally run to the right and jump awkwardly on tomatoes. I mean, th- that's all you do in this section. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no like, you know, Billy said, oh, he's hoping to get another weapon or power-ups. No, the only power-ups you get in this whole game are you'll find bags that, that are supposed to be like lunches and they'll fill your health up. And then there's, there's like rounded bags that just give you points. Points mean a goddamn thing. I'm sure you get extra lives after a certain number of points. I never saw that happen. Uh, it, it is a, a fairly short game, which is a blessing. Uh, but yes. the downside is there's no you get three lives and then you continue. I think you get three continues, possibly four. Um, uh, it doesn't give you a countdown for continues. At some point when you're playing after you continue or try to continue the last time, it's like, sorry, game over. And you go back to the title screen. I, I want to say it's three continues. It is not mentioned in the book. And I didn't bother trying to die over and over again to test it. Trust me, it's three or four. No more than four. But it's definitely more than one. And then. After you die, or when you continue, you start back at the beginning of one of the five stages of the game. And really, it's it's four stages and then a bonus stage. So the <laughs> the first stage, though, is stage. yeah, it's it's an arguable <laughs> bonus. I don't know if it's a punishment stage, but it's four stages. Yes, a, a bonus would be something that would let you remove a damn stage. That would that would be a positive. So the first level where you literally just run run through the city, jumping on tomatoes. The the first thing I noticed, aside from that it's a floaty jump, is that the actual tomatoes you jump on, uh, you know, so there's tiny tomatoes that you can try to jump on, but most of the time you just jump over them and avoid them. There's slightly larger tomatoes that you jump on, and they break into smaller tomatoes. And then there's bat tomato things that fly in, in a weird pattern. It's kind of easy to tell what it is, but with your floaty jump, it's real easy to accidentally miss those jumps. Uh, and you only have a life bar that starts with three life points. Now it goes up to six and you have to find a lunch bag to get those points back, but there aren't that many lunch bags early on in the game. So if you take two hits and it's pretty easy to get hit kind of in a chain over and over again, you die. Mm-hmm. That's it. You go back to the beginning of that section or beginning of the stage if you have to continue. So the the floaty jump is more than just, oh, it's a little awkward and sometimes it's hard to hit a platform. It's, I mean, it will kill you. Your awkward jump will ruin your, your game almost immediately if you mistime a jump by a group of tomatoes. And it, it doesn't help that the, the hit detection on those tomatoes and, and your jump is, is just so weird. I mean, the jump itself is bad. But there, like when I first started playing this, I didn't even know that I was really doing damage to these tomatoes when I jumped on them because it was just 
it, it was very, very hit or miss if I if it actually registered that I jumped on it. So I you have to be so exact when you come down on these tomatoes uh, to actually register it as a hit that it it's almost just way easier to to just jump past them and run. And just like Bart versus the Space Mutants, if you press that, um, I forget if it's the A or B button, but if you hold that down with your, your jump button, you will jump farther. And and that can go a long way. And, and just getting you by those tomatoes, because usually you're a, 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 not so much in the early stages, but in the later stages, you're going to fucking take hits nonstop. It's almost impossible to avoid the tomatoes. So anything you can do to get away from them is usually the better option than actually fighting them. Well, even they kind of teach you that in the first level because the at the end of the first level you fight one of uh, there's there, there's six named like super tomatoes. They call them the Gang of Six, and it's they're in the cartoon. I think they're in some of the later movies as well. But they're they're definitely standout tomatoes compared to the others. They're bigger. Uh, sometimes they have special attacks. But the biggest thing is most of the time you can't hurt them. Or if you can hurt them, uh, like the end of the first level, you fight Tamacho, which is a terrible name. Uh, but the only thing you can do to him is jump on him over and over again until eventually he runs away. But you don't know that because it doesn't after until like three or four hits on him, he doesn't change at all. You like bounce off him and you keep going, but you can't you can't continue the run. It doesn't let you. So you figure you've got to do something, and eventually you jump on him enough. Uh, and thankfully, he doesn't do too many other things that he'll run off, and then all of a sudden you can go farther to the side, uh, and that ends the first level to you. Which will get you to the second level, which is in the sewers. It's a requirement of every old Nintendo game that you go into the sewers, yeah. and this is no different. And I, and I dread these because they always look so damn shitty. You can never tell one thing from the damn other. A, a sewer level just automatically takes me out of it. I mean, yes, the jump, the floaty jump hurts you more in this stage because there's actually some platforming. In the first level, there really wasn't. It was just try to avoid tomatoes. But the second level in the sewers, there's actually parts where you can fall into the water. It's not an instant kill, which is nice. Uh, it just does a point of damage, and you have you kind of get bounced out. But it still has a lot of jumps that you know, you won't make unless you're holding down that second button mm. while you're jumping. And there's also a good deal of them where you're not sure exactly where that platform ends. And then to make it worse, they add in like a slippery goo that goes on half the platforms that you can tell where it is. But not only do you have to dodge slippery goo falling from the ceiling, which will do damage to you, it then makes a big pool that half the time means you'll slide off of a platform on purpose. Uh, it's not quite as bad as a full ice level because as soon as you're out of the puddles, you do stop again on a dime. But it does make it very difficult to uh, to get through some of these platform levels. And this is the first level that has kind of a maze to it. I mean, it's a, it's a fairly short game. The first level has no no detours. It's start at one point A, end at point B. The the sewer level has kind of a multiple pathways, but a lot of them are short enough. Like if you go the wrong way, it, it ends in a dead end where you get a power up, like a life power up or something. But generally, you have to go and wander through these sewers, trying to find your way out of the sewers back to the street so you can head over to the factory. I didn't hate this sewer level. Compared to the first level, I thought, okay, after the first level, I was really like, this game is turds in a box, and I'm very angry that, I, that we decided to do this. How are we going to talk about this for, for an hour? Because literally, other than the jump sucks and this game is terrible, I didn't have much to say. 
But when you get to the second level, it does attempt to be a game that has a little more involved to it, uh, to the point where it has the only fight in the game that uses something other than jumping on tomatoes. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm kind of like you. I didn't exactly hate the second stage. I, I don't like sewer stages. I'm like I'm with Billy, but uh, nah. this was the uh, the stage where it kind of seemed like it was, uh, you know, it was, it was trying a little bit. And the instruction booklet actually goes as far to say um, <laughs> these stages uh, are are kind of 3D to enhance the gameplay. Oh, <laughs> it's it's such a weird way to describe it. Uh, and they are kind of it is kind of like this weird. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, uh, you know, it looks like a side scroller, but then there's the sections where the path comes toward the screen or it goes back and it, you know, it kind of tries to make it look like it's, it's 3d in a way. So mm-hmm. you can tell which, you know, you can go back or forward or whatever. And it's, I, it, it wasn't bad, you know, for being a maze stage, I, I kind of, you know, it had its little paths, but nothing, none of them were very large. Uh, the ones that weren't the main path usually just went off to like a, a health pickup, which you fucking need all the time, mm-hmm. seems like. Um, and then uh, it, it's not too hard to get to that boss, which uh, <laughs> I didn't really know what the hell I was supposed to do at first. Yeah. Because this was just thrown out of nowhere. You know, it's this uh, this guy, I, I, I'm sure there's a name for him because everything has a stupid name in this game. And he's playing an organ and... Uh, tomatoes are shooting out from the top of the pipes and they're coming down at you. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. Well, it's the, it's the, the only fight in the game where your B button, instead of making you run and jump faster, uh, you find a bag of rocks or something right before the door. (laughs) It's literally right before on the way into this fight. And you then throw the rocks into the screen like it almost becomes a th- like a 3d game like a if you guys had the power glove there was a game that involved literally just throwing a ball at the screen it was kind of like a 3d a 3d breakout it's like that mm-hmm. all of a sudden out of nowhere it becomes a game where you throw rocks into the screen and you're supposed to hit all the pipes on the pipe organ uh, and, and then eventually the the guy in purple like rips his mask off and he, you know sh- spoiler he's a big tomato of some sort and he runs <laughs> off <laughs> But the that actually, like, again, it, it wasn't done well. I'm not going to sit here and be like, that was a really good boss. No, I'm just glad it was something different. Uh, especially that early in the game, it made me hopeful that the other bosses in the game, other levels, would have their own unique spin on things uh, because it was at least different. And, and I, I can't think of another game where you fought a giant pipe organ by throwing rocks at it. So I'll give it that. Um, it was not hard. I mean, you know, it's hard if you don't know what you're supposed to do, I'm sure. But uh, but after you know what you're supposed to do, there's really no reason you shouldn't be able to polish that boss off pretty quick. And I'll say if it continued to be like this, like if it continued three or four stages of of, a, of levels that were kind of in that, you know, that, that length, that difficulty, I, I I'd still say it was a bad game. But yeah. it certainly but wouldn't it be, be anything. At that point. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be too bad. But then the game decides to try a little bit more with the next stage and man does it it, it does it just does not work it, it really I, I i can't describe how how bad that next stage is there's very few games where i played uh for this podcast where i'm sitting there just playing a stage and i could not deal with it anymore <laughs> well, we're going to try to describe how bad it is otherwise this would be a very short podcast the third level after a very short city section where you run to the side is the 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 factory where Dr. Gangrene makes his tomatoes into uh-huh. killer tomatoes. It's a series of conveyor belts 
that are haphazardly thrown around a screen that you have to jump around. At the bottom of the screen are big green vats. But more importantly than big green vats you can fall into to do yourself damage, one of the other gang of six, Beefsteak the Tomato, who looks like, uh, well, actually in the game it's hard to tell what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a, a tomato with giant horns like a bull. But all he does is charge back and forth across the bottom of the screen at you. And, and if he hits you, he knocks you way into the air. Conveniently, you land right next to where he's going to hit next. So if you yeah. get hit once by Beefsteak, you're going to get hit three or four times by Beefsteak. And it, it, since for most of the game you have three life points, it means you're going to die. Thankfully, you start right back at the beginning, but all you got to do is miss that first jump again, and Beefsteak has killed you again before you do <laughs> anything else. The, the, the floaty jump is the worst, and, and the damage, like the recovery from getting hit in this game is offensive. So, it's just nonstop after that, too. I mean, if it wasn't for Beefsteak, then there's other, there's other things just coming at you, uh, you know, all over the damn screen at some point. Well, the, the tomatoes uh, are coming off the, the conveyor belt. So all the conveyor belts that you have to jump on to get around the level are also have these tomatoes that you have to make sure not to walk into. And they're tiny. And some of the jump areas are tiny. So you've really mm -hmm. got to time them right. Mm -hmm. uh, Beefsteak, thankfully, stays on the ground. But instead, flying around for no particular reason is a giant robotic arm on a ball that does nothing but try to slap you over and over again and never goes away. You can't hurt it. You can't, as far as I could tell, you can't hurt it. It just keeps chasing you, and so you can never stop moving. You can never take a second to figure out what you're even supposed to jump on. Uh, that, that's the other part. Other than the conveyor belts, which are very obviously conveyor belts, there's lots of little platforms you can jump on, but they look like parts of the background, and you won't know it until you try to jump on it. Yeah, and it, it doesn't help with the jump in this game. And, and that's the only thing. As soon as I saw, you know, it's the Bart versus Space Mutants floaty jump, I went back to, you know, Bart, the the museum stage where they decide, hey, uh, we're going to make this uh, a serious platformer. You're going to have to make some, some calculated jumps. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work on here either. And speaking of things that are in the background, that you think that are not uh, <laughs> anything that you can deal or you know touch or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in the process of missing a jump and I hit a switch, I guess, and I went upside down and I thought the whole game just bugged out. <laughs> I thought that we, we I was done. I thought I'd broken the game uh, on you know my first attempt, but no, it's like these you these little so switches uh, that when you touch them, it reverses gravity. So instead of falling to the ground, you will go up. You will fall to the top of the screen. And for the rest of the stage, uh, it is all about using the platforms, using that switch, uh, and, and jumping all over the place and trying to figure out how to get past the rest of that stage. Well, at least you found the switch. I spent <laughs> probably an hour of time just going back and getting up to that level. I get through that level, nope, you know, up to the start of the, the factory, uh, never dying at that point because I'd played the first two levels plenty of times to get to here, and I could never figure out what to do. I thought, oh, okay, wow. I, I'm am I supposed to somehow hurt this tomato at the bottom of the map? Am I supposed to use like I, I was trying to use to to have the robot arm follow me around so that it would accidentally grab the big tomato? Like I was like, wow, if they have that in the game, I mean, it's annoying and I hate this mechanic, but at least again, it's trying to do something. I give mm -hmm. you credit for trying to do something, even though I'm hating it while I'm doing it. But no, that never worked. I, I spent so much time just trying to figure out how to even get through the level, until eventually I was like, F this. I'm not going to waste two weeks of my life playing this game and not getting through the third level. Let me, let me look online and see what I'm missing, because there's nothing in the manual. I did look at the manual. Nothing at all gave me a clue on what to do next. The switch that Jeremy's talking about 
is is fairly obvious. But again, the whole level is a giant machine. So there's little buttons and shit everywhere that don't do anything. They're just part of the background. There is a like a gray switch that you can see way over on the top right of the screen when you finally get to the top of the dumb tomato factory machine. And if you land on it, it turns on. Like it, you can't you can't go through the corner of it. You you don't have to to walk next to it because you can't. You have to jump and hit it, and that will reverse the. The, uh, the gravity for just you, not the rest of the stage. The the tomatoes don't fall up or anything at that point. Nope, just you. You now float uh, and, and always, you know, basically just put you upside down. Uh, it, it does not make it, in my opinion, once I figured that out, I was like, okay, the rest of this level wasn't so bad. Except then, what do you do? You got to go upside down. Okay, great. What are you supposed mm-hmm. to do next? And the answer is run all the way back to the beginning of this, this stage of the factory oh, and shit. jump off a platform so that you would normally fall to your death. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. there's a whole ceiling up there, and I can go <laughs> use that to get into the ventilation system of this factory. Again, nothing is explained. There's not even like a sentence at the beginning of this. It's like, hey, make sure to get to the, <laughs> the you know, get, get through this factory by finding an air duct or anything. No, you just, it just happens. You nonsensically fly, you know, decide to just give up on life and jump to your death, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in the air ventilation system that's not attached to this factory in any way, shape, or form. And then you just run through the ventilation system hitting more of these, uh, I'm going to call them polarity switches, to, to get you to fall to the ground or go to the ceiling while you're being chased by some sort of elect, uh, of electric uh, tomato thing that goes through walls that you can't hurt, that you literally just run away from the whole time while you make these switches go back and forth to eventually get to the end of this stage to fight one of the dumbest bosses in, in any game. Yes. I, I'm not a big fan of... Yeah. I'm not a big fan of this kind of boss. I know this isn't the only game that has a boss like this. I mean, we we talked about on one of the previous Halloween episodes, Splatterhouse. And there's there's at least two bosses in Splatterhouse where the boss, quote, boss encounter, is fighting a bunch of little things, right? But those are done well. You fight possessed furniture or, like, these snakes that fly around. Uh, and you, you're snakes, giant worms that fly around. You kill us. Not in this game. In this game, Dr. Gangrene just stands in the middle of the room and tomatoes just spawn at his feet and run towards the side of the wall and you just jump on them at your convenience and eventually he runs away that's the dumbest boss of all time man spider house was a really good game mm-hmm. yeah, i it, think uh yeah uh, it's, it's been a while and we could we could redo one we could redo an episode <laughs> so, guys we're is, already past the I, halfway mark in this game we're gonna finish <laughs> this one up we can make it we can make it Oh my, yeah, that boss. I, I didn't know that was another boss that I didn't know what I what I really should be doing. I didn't know the game is so janky and it's so bullshit about introducing things out of nowhere that have not been introduced anywhere before. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was. I, it, he just kept spawning enemies and he's kind of stands there in the background. You can barely tell whatever the fuck he is. So I just kind of, you know, am I, I don't, am I supposed to get in front of him to, to throw the rocks like I was doing in the previous boss? Uh, do I run to the right? You know, what do I, it, it just keeps coming. And eventually I kind of did like you earlier in the stage. I just went and looked up uh, a long play and it was, it was just literally just kill all the stuff that he's spawning. And I just felt stupid because I was just, I was, I was really trying to overthink this game, but you never know when the game wants you to overthink it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he doesn't respond like no in, in a game where where you're supposed to kill things. And, and I don't know why right now in my head, I can think of, of like there are some Dr. Wily bosses in the Mega Man series where you hurt things around the room and you can tell you're hurting him or at least getting progress because he like flips out or or runs around the room or, you know, does something and lets you know, no, 
This guy just stands there while you jump on these tomatoes, and it goes on for far too long. You probably have to jump on 20 things, and it's not the same tomato. It just seems to be random spawnings of things you've already fought, so it's not even interesting new tomatoes. It's the same four tomatoes you've fought this whole time. <laughs> Till eventually, That's why I thought yeah, I wasn't doing something right. It just kept yeah. going, and right. there was no, you know, like you said, there was nothing showing that I was I was... I needed to continue doing this and the game already had wasted, you know, what, 30 minutes of my life. I really didn't want it to waste any, any more at this point. So I, I really just, it, it was just boggling my mind that that was, that's what they got. That was their boss after that last, the, the second stage boss, which had some effort in it, you know, it, it was, yeah, it wasn't good, but you know, it was, there was something to it to follow it up with this, where it's literally just jumping on a, on 20 or so enemies and calling it a day. It's, it's just bullshit. So you jump on all these tomatoes. Eventually, Dr. Gangrum runs off, and you continue running past where he went to get to uh, what is the, the like scaffolding that holds up the Doomsday Tomato device. And so you then spend the next—the the fourth level of this game is running in— What's arguably kind of a neat, again, fake 3D where you run in and out of the screen at different points. It's a maze much like the sewers were, but it's not as good of a maze because, one, uh, it, it seems very obvious where you're supposed to go because it's it's only, you know, it's a big flat. You're going on the outside of a tower, so if yeah. there's something that points down that goes away from the tower, that's probably not where you want to go. So generally you're just going up ladders as high as you can because the point is to get to the top of a tower. It's a tower. It makes obvious sense where you're going. You just keep going up. Eventually, you go up enough ladders. Uh, that's where you do run into the next gang of six member, uh, which is Fang. He basically just runs at you, and you have to try to avoid him. It's not too, too bad. Um, the other tomato you run onto this that comes up towards the very end is Zoltan, who's the leader of the gang of six. He actually mm -hmm. is very tough. He does a jump attack. He jumps higher than or as high as you do, so if you time your jump wrong and he hits you, he's going to knock you back pretty far to where you have to try to jump over him again. I died a few times on, uh, on Zoltan. Uh, oh, yeah. And you have to face him a couple times, but once you once you've learned what he does and you can kind of time it, uh, you just know if you just jump and just keep pushing past him, you'll eventually get through him. Hopefully, and uh, the good news is on this level, they, if you go the wrong way, and there's plenty of of ways to go the wrong way as far as like, oh yeah, I was supposed to go up this ladder, but I ran past the ladder. Most likely, every dead end has a full life bag in it. Mm -hmm. So, especially as you get towards the top of this tower. You're intentionally running past ladders to get the life bag because you're getting hit by stuff nonstop. Not just yeah. uh, will Fang hit you over and over again, but there's there's more of those dumbass bat tomatoes. There's stuff all over the place that's hitting you. You've just got to constantly get your life bag. The bonus to a, a full health life bag is it fills up slowly. And so while it's filling up, if you get hit, it lets you get hit, and it continues to fill up till you get to the top. So it's almost like giving you invincibility for eh, five seconds or so while it fills up. So I would normally get the bag and then immediately just run to the right, no matter what was there, because you'll kill anything that you touch except for Fang and mm -hmm. Zoltan, uh, but still keeps refilling your life slowly on the way. So it, it became, for me, just a chain of grabbing a life bag and going to the next ladder over and over again until you get to the top. At least the developers had some goddamn mercy to, to put <laughs> those health bags there. I mean... As bad as this game is, you could very easily see this entire stage with like maybe one of those. Yeah, it could uh, just be could, one of those yeah. games like like that. And this could be one of those you get one shot at it. Uh, yeah, uh, one one power up halfway through, and then you're done. This could be the uh, NES Ghostbusters uh, hotel scene, God. basically. Uh, 
that yeah. game. Well, thankfully we didn't review that. That that's a bad one too. Although it's it's early, and and that's that's part of my confusion <laughs> with this. But we'll get to that because you're almost done with this game. You get to the top of the scaffolding. You get to the doomsday tomato device. You walk into a room. It's a screen-sized machine with like three giant tomato heads on it, and you're like, holy crap, this is going to be the boss of all bosses. And yeah. you walk up to it, and the tomato heads just explode, and it ends. What? Yep. Is that? <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, you're right. When you go after those last two bosses, you're just like, oh man, we got something here. No, <laughs> it's no, it, it's not even. Why would you even bother designing that boss? Just have it be a big computer. You, you don't have to do anything. It could just be a big switch that says end game. That would have been fine. But instead, it's three giant tomato heads that explode for no reason, and, and it gives you credits. But, again, this game isn't that nice. Because it could have just ended there, and you could have said, wow, this is a bad game, but at least it's really short. And, and fairly painless once you figure out what the hell the third level even is. But after about three credit lines go through, all of a sudden, the game interrupts with a news report. Uh, from uh, the news characters, the same from the cartoon. It doesn't matter, but uh, but that's the tie in there. And apparently, there's some kind of giant killer tomato that you now have to fight. Comes out of nowhere. They don't really explain it. And as soon as that ends, you end up in another giant maze that's bigger than all the other mazes. There's a million more things in it that are trying to kill you, and you're not even really sure what you're supposed to do at all. I was so fucking angry at this point. Uh, yeah, you, you felt. You know, I haven't played in a game in a long time where there's a sense of relief when you think you're finished. It's like it's like, oh, I made it through the fucking slog of this game. I, you know, the, any other game, if I was enjoying it, and they pulled this off, you know, they pulled off the the false finish. You know, Donkey Kong Country did it. Uh, several other games that actually were worth the shit did it. Uh, but yeah, that's enjoyable. It, you know, it gets a it gets a shock out of you. You, you may have put your controller down. You, you pick it up again real quick and you go at it. And this time, you know, you think maybe maybe I'm satisfied enough with that ending. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'll just ignore what I saw. And then no, they slap you in the face mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. longer, more pointless level. I, I think, and I'm still not sure because none of this is in the manual. None of this is explained in game at all, except that there's a giant tomato fight. I think you're inside a giant tomato, so you're just running around inside this giant tomato, fighting other smaller tomatoes, and and it's it plays just like the previous scaffolding thing where you have to find the ladders to go up. Except that because you're not really going to the top of a tower, there's giant parts where you go up ladders for three screens and down ladders for three screens and over one screen and down one screen and then back to four screens and it's a big maze. Now, again, the developers were kind enough to put life bags everywhere. I mean, every dead end has a life bag, and you're going to need them. Because at this point, I just said, screw it. I'm going to go till I find the life bag and then go back. Because I've obviously gone the wrong way, then find a ladder and go up and whatever. I still think I spent almost half an hour wandering through this awful tomato level just trying to figure out what the hell the end point was to this thing. It, it just makes no sense. I mean, this is literally more than half the game this one stage even if you know which way to go like it takes you longer to go get through this stage than it does to to make it through the rest of the game that you just got done playing that the credits started rolling for um it's uh it's just kind of (laughs) crazy 
that that this comes out of nowhere and this is considered I, I god what they even call it i want to say they called it like tomato mountain or something i don't <laughs> fucking know uh, but it, it looks like hell i mean it is just a big screen full of red and you're you're fighting these damn tomato every enemy that was everywhere in the previous part of the game is coming at you nonstop, and you're just constantly futzing around trying to figure out where where and what you need to do because even when you find the things at the end of this stage that you're supposed to deal with it's just i i still don't know what i did yes that it much like at the end of the of level four at the top of the doomsday tomato device where you just walk up and all of a sudden there's a big thing that just explodes this is worse than that because instead you walk you get to the end room you know you're at the end because there's nowhere else you can go, and there's not a life bag, so you must be at the end of the level. But there's just this, it looks like a big brown lightning bolt that hangs from the ceiling. I think it's supposed to be a stalk of tomatoes. It might be a stem. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it could be a giant cartoon thorn. I don't know. But it's hanging... It's, it's open to interpretation. It, it's... <laughs> It's on the right side of the screen, and your tallest platform's on the left side of the screen. And the way to finish this game is you jump as far as you can to the right, and hopefully you grab onto this big dumb thing, and it falls from the ceiling, and the tomato explodes, and you get a picture of your kid looking like the king of the world behind this big giant red splotch, and it ends. This game makes no sense. Even if you watch the cartoon, it makes almost no sense. But if you didn't watch the cartoon, the movies, aside from the fact that they're not all that good anyway, would have not given you a clue of what this game is about. <laughs> the cartoon really is what this game was aiming to be, but it just, after the second level, I, I think up to the second level, even though it wasn't a good game still, at least you could still see what it was aiming at doing. After that, this game just goes like, yeah, you know what, no one's going to buy this anyway. So just just wrap it up. I mean, this this I had to check several times while playing this game to make sure that it wasn't tied to LJN somehow. I mean, this, <laughs> this is on par it with seems the... Like, it seems like they're handiwork. Yeah, this is on par with the Back to the Future game uh, or, or the Bill and Ted's game where they run through phone booths and stuff. I mean, this is, <sighs> this is a, a definite bad licensed property that early Nintendo, even, even kind of mid, mid-level Nintendo uh, development, these things were, were acceptable because you didn't know any better. Like, if this game would have had a 1987 tag on it, I would have thought, okay, first <laughs> off, who's building a game out of a, at that point, nine-year-old movie that no one watched? But but even more so, in 1987, you know, we talked about Predator several episodes ago. That's not a good game, but it, it's an early game. And and compared to this, it's a masterpiece. I mean, at least that yes. is, is yes. there's an objective, and there are Predators in it. It's already better than this game. Uh, this game... This came out in 1991. This is inexcusable for the kind of game this is. And not to even, you know, not to tie or uh, advertise the uh, the video re- video reviews that we do. Uh, we just finished up a, a review for uh, Totally Rad, uh, which is another <laughs> game you hear that name and you would just think, well, this has to be the worst game ever. But it's actually a really good game, and it came out in 1991 as well. Mm-hmm. And you just, like, look at that game, and you look at this game, and you just wonder what happened. And the only thing that I can imagine is uh, the the four guys that made this game. <laughs> Shit. Uh, it, that, I'm not kidding. The four guys made this game. Uh, you know, maybe this was their first kind of uh, experience making a game like this or, or putting a game out. Uh, but it was obvious that they were um, 
<laughs> they were not not up to to the quality. No, of this was what, not their calling. I don't no. believe. I, I think late era NES games. If there's one thing about them, is like there there's a quality to them. You're just like, man, this was you know you can tell that this was they've got the NES by the balls. You know they they know how to deal with this this the hardware. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you see this, and it looks like baby's first uh, video game project because it, 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 it's so janky and bad all the way through. You know, Bart versus the Space Mutants, it's, it's got something there to it. You know, there's more than just a skeleton of a game where it just seems like a few people screwed around and, and make your own game software and, and put this shit out. I mean, Bartman versus Space any, any Let's put it this way. Any game that we have on this podcast where we're being like, man, Bart versus the Space Mutants, that's a, that's way better than what this yes. is. You know yes. you have reached a certain level of just pure shit. And, I'm and gonna that's go exactly ahead. what this is. I'm going to go ahead and, and say this is the worst thing we've done on here. This, this general chaos finally, finally <laughs> can lay his sword down. Yeah, this is this is. I put um, it up there. This is a I put it up there. Is and, this I, and I give Nintendo games a lot of leeway, more than I probably should. I mean, part of it's a nostalgia thing. Part of it's the well, you know, look what they had to work with. But just the, there's no excuse. Uh, I I was flabbergasted by this one. This is one of those that was so bad that that you're taken aback and, and you just can't believe it in some spots. And it's it's not it's not fun. Bart versus the Space Mutants, at least, uh, it was a, it's a more enjoyable property that's that's being licensed, and you know they throw in a few cameos here and there, and it's enough to to kind of take your mind off just the, the pile of shit you're you're trudging through. Uh, but this thing, I, and I don't think there was demand for it. I, I, if I didn't watch the cartoon, it couldn't have been too too big. Uh, so I, I can't see kids, you know, picking this one up because their favorite fucking fucking beefsteak fucking tomato from the show is in it or anything like that i, I just I, we could have done without this one altogether. Yeah. I, you know this was kind of back in a time when every kid's tv show or cartoon seemed to get an nes game like it was oh, damn. wired some somehow. yeah even the toxic crusaders got one but. yeah and like generally they're not very good um but i would put this one as the worst movie tv show cartoon tie-in that i have oh, ever played that's damning i uh, predator was bad and um rocketeer on super nes is one <laughs> of the absolute worst i but, can't get past the fucking beginning where you fly the damn plane right <laughs> well we've i think we've hit a new low with this one this one legitimately shocked me at just how bad it was this one is appropriate for october because i am fucking terrified of finding a game worse than this one. It's hard, but I have faith. We can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next episode, we're going to tackle a game that we know is better than this. Uh, It's definitely not perfect. It's got its its share of complaints, but it's also uh, very well known and and Mm -hmm. part of a series that is synonymous with, with Halloween, with October, with horror, we're going to look at the original PlayStation release of Resident Evil. Um, oh, man. And, and it's one yeah. I know we've all played. I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing is, is trying to talk about it, both with, with some 
you know, red lens nostalgia glasses, uh, but also with with playing it again now and and just talking about things that do and don't work and and what still holds up or or really falls flat now that originally may not have. Yeah, I, I mean, this game. I was I was going to say what can be said about it, but hopefully, fucking enough since we're going to do a show on it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to playing this one. I, I know what I'm going to complain about because it's it's been a complaint for a long time. Uh, but we'll we'll see when we get there. But yeah, there are a lot of aspects of it I would like to go through uh, and play again and, and see how it holds up. And and it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, the the dog scene. It's not going to affect me this time, <laughs> which is a fucking classic. Uh, but but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and we will we will see how it is. And just to be clear, we are playing the there's the none of the remakes. This no. is going to be the original PlayStation release, not even yes. the director's cut, just the original. I don't think the director's cut actually changed much. It really didn't, which was really shitty. I that is one of the biggest bait and switches. I have ever. We'll have to talk about that one. We will. We'll, we'll talk about We'll definitely that get into some other games of the series as well, not in depth as much as the original, but it should be a good episode. Uh, and much like the last two years, where we covered a kind of a series of games while really focusing on one, we'll do the same thing uh, next episode with Resident Evil. Uh, but since it is, you know, October, it's, it's Halloween, it's horror month uh, for movies and games. Uh, aside from this week's game, which I don't think any of us would recommend anyone to even play for five minutes to see how bad it is. Uh, you know, last year's uh, we've done Haunting starring Poltergeist for the Genesis. Uh, we did the Castlevanias, the Splatterhouse series, and of course Monster Party for the NES. All those great games. But maybe you've been maybe you've been paying attention this whole time. Maybe you tried those the last two years, and you're looking for something new uh, or or something old, but you haven't played before. Uh, that that's a horror slash Halloween slash whatever game. So we'll all list a couple games that that we've played uh, that are that are good games for this time of year. And I'll start because all I've been playing in this mode for Halloween, the first game I've played this year uh, was one of the, the free PS Plus games I'd never played before, but Until Dawn for the PlayStation oh, yeah. 4. Man. And I you just finished it today, and it is... I, I mean, as far as a game goes, if you're going to call you know, compared to, say, Resident Evil, uh, it's not an action game necessarily. It's, it's more like... It's more like Indigo Prophecy or, or Heavy Rain on the PlayStation 4. You know, a game that's kind mm-hmm. of more story with a bunch of, of quick-time events. But it definitely has uh, it has the right mood. Like, there's a yes. lot of parts that the, it's all very tense. Uh, you know, when I was playing, and I didn't play Heavy Rain, but I did play Indigo Prophecy. And that one, it, it has a few moments that are tense, but really it's more just kind of an interesting detective kind of feel to it. Where this has plenty of parts where you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on even when you kind of think you know what's going on you might not have the whole story and there's clues to find everywhere but the mood sits i mean there's there's plenty of parts where i was like in my house alone i have all the lights out on purpose so that i can play it and i'm just like i cannot put this game down i've got to see where it's going it, it's excellent highly recommended for that kind of you know a horror movie in a game it's it's pretty perfect mm-hmm. for that and those guys that made that they they have watched a lot of horror movies. Yeah, and they were it's, just like, let's just there. make it the make a best of version of, of of their whatever horror movie they've got in their head, and it works. I mean, it just mm-hmm. if there is a, a girlfriend game out there uh, that is just perfect for playing with your if they like you know horror movies or anything like that, it is absolutely perfect for sitting next to someone. Uh, because you know there's a lot of decisions in the game. You know, this is definitely one of those times where. You know, if you're watching a horror movie, you, you just like, why would they do that? You know, they don't want, you shouldn't do that. Don't go down that hallway. 
you can make that decision in this game. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go down that hallway. And there's so many branching paths in this game that you just, you never know what you're going to get. You know, it, it isn't, there isn't like a, a dead end or anything at the end of that hallway. There's always a, a new choice or, or something that, that can happen. Well, just the fact that you can get to the end of a game and, you know, in my first playthrough, and I've only played through it one time, at the end of the whole game, I have one surviving character out of, I think, up to eight. Uh, mm. And the fact that you can win the game or finish the game with all eight people surviving is amazing to me. Because there's a lot of choices that I made that I didn't think were things that were really a choice. That now I have to go yeah. back and play it again to say, like, oh, and, and some of them are obvious. I mean, there's some things where you're like, oh, the game may basically tells you at this point, because you made this decision earlier, this thing has happened right now. But not all of them. And, and some of them were were just my inability to do some quick time events. But still, uh, amazing. I'm going to definitely play that again. Uh, maybe not immediately, but I definitely want to play it again. Uh, but but what's, uh, Billy, what's your, your uh, holiday choice? Oh, man. Uh, there, there are some good ones out there. Uh, as far as older goes, uh, I've always enjoyed the Clock Tower series. Uh, huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's one of the first games I played where you're kind of, for the most part, powerless against the uh you know the the scissor man running around uh, uh a lot of hiding out uh I, I distinctly recall just hiding out in a bathroom stall and and just hoping just hoping because <laughs> sometimes he sometimes he'll let you slide but every now and then he wouldn't uh and and it was the one of the earliest games i can remember that kind of that kind of tension um but some newer ones uh that game soma for the uh for the playstation for the ps4 I can't say enough good things about it's uh, I, I was going to say if you if you like games like Amnesia, which I guess is is more than coincidental because it's the same people behind Amnesia uh, had made this one. And, and I just really like the setting of it. Uh, it's kind of a, a an underwater space type environment. Uh, and it's 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 a good deal walking simulator uh, with some some hiding from enemies and whatnot and it had a pretty good story to it i thought uh but but appropriately uh, uh you know uh, a dark and, and and fairly scary game for the time of year uh but man in terms of just fucking shit in your pants that alien isolation <laughs> god damn I, i've never <laughs> i've never gotten nervous playing a game at the title screen but that's about, <laughs> that's about the time that one hits me because, because I know what's, what's about to happen. And, and I've had a, a I, I mean, it's a good time. You know, you're, you're there tense the entire time. It's not to say it's a bad experience cause that's what you're looking for. Uh, but that game does it. Yeah. I mean, like, like no other one. I mean, I had to lower the difficulty eventually cause I, I just found that that fucker just damn could see through goddamn walls on the on the highest one and i dropped it down a little bit and it's still challenging uh but i'm i'm able to move more than five feet without having to take a half hour break every time <laughs> uh but yeah i mean just as far as pure tension goes uh you can't go wrong with that one well if i had to choose an older game uh, it, well i guess all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go with two older ones and the first one is if you're just wanting to have a fun, good timey Halloween game, I would probably say uh, Medieval for the mm. PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And I know we've kind of talked about maybe we'll do that game eventually at some point, but I love that game. Like it is the setting, the characters, everything about it is just so weird. Uh, it, it's 
it's just a great Halloween game. I don't think it has aged well at all, but um, it is uh, it is definitely you know that that time of the year where you can put that in and play a couple of stages and and have fun with it. I don't think it was a very uh, advanced kind of game. You know, it's basically just a, a over the shoulder third person action game. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, it, it has been a long time since I played that one, but I I distinctly remember. Uh, breaking that out at Halloween in uh, a few years and, and having a blast with it. Now, the the one that I would say is the scariest game that I've ever played, uh, and I can't believe Billy didn't mention it, it was uh, Silent Hill. Well, it, go, it goes without saying. Yeah, and that's... That series, yes. If you want a Halloween... You know, that's that's maybe... When I think of Halloween and, and scary stuff or whatever, you're watching horror movies, it's more about having fun. I guess, you know, and uh, jump scares, kind of stuff like that. Things are, you know, spooky, scary. Um, Silent Hill is, it, it goes a little bit beyond that. It is, mm-hmm. you are uncomfortable playing that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's not the the appropriate time period, but uh, I, I, that is still my favorite all-time horror game uh, with Silent Hill 2 coming in a, a very close second. Mm-hmm. So that, I don't know. Maybe if you if you want some real scares uh, this Halloween without a uh, you know some of the the more jumpy kind of pop horror kind of stuff uh, that everyone else gets into, uh, those Silent Hill games would do you do you good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're, I mean, I still still partial to two myself. Yeah, the Silent Hill games but, are nice because you're always trying to figure out exactly what's going on and what's real and. And how all this stuff ties together. I, I like that. I like the fact that you have to kind of piece the story together as opposed uh-huh. to it being, um, you know, a jump scare game that I, I enjoyed that we talked about last year a little bit, but was Outlast. I mean, that's another good, like, that's an, uh-huh. an honestly tense and terrifying game. But the the stories, yeah, you're piecing it together, but it's pretty obvious what's <laughs> what's going on generally is that you're just trying to survive. Where, uh-huh. where Silent Hill is a lot more of like, why is this happening? Why is this world the way it is? And, and there's a lot of, of depth in that, really. Yeah, I will never I, forget that first time I turned that game on and walked down that alleyway. <laughs> I it it is one of the most disturbing yeah, things yeah. I think I've ever had happen in a video game. Play, I mean, you play it now and you're just like, this is unplayable garbage. Why would anyone want to play this? It is not aged well at all. But I think I still think the atmosphere um, and just the the story in that game is, is still really really great. Mm-hmm. But I would say if you're going to go back and play two or three to to seek out the originals because they put out a uh, an HD collection and, and I, I didn't like some of the liberties they took with it. It looks a lot better, but uh, they redid some dialogue and, and I wasn't a big fan of that. And they took out the fucking guitar riff from Damn 3 that I like so much. Yeah, that the HD collection is, is just a mess. Uh, don't bother with it. It is, it is a terrible, terrible collection. Well, and it doesn't have the first one. The, nope. the HD collection is just, what, uh-uh. two and three. And uh, so it, it, what is not bad, though, is I did get the, uh, I think, the Vita one that came out. I don't remember mm-hmm. if it was Homecoming, maybe. I don't remember the name. But it was the only Silent Hill on the Vita. That was actually very good. That that was enjoyable. Is that like the top-down version? No, it was it played was... like the originals, but with slightly better graphics. But it was that. Oh, that yes. No, I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. That was a PSP, wasn't it? Was it PSP? Mm-hmm. Uh, well. I played on my Vita. Must have must have downloaded the PSP version. But and, was, and I'll tell you that the the shattered memories on the Wii wasn't that damn bad either. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, uh, that was uh, 
really. I mean, I guess up. I guess that would be your that would be your remake of one. I think they were aiming for. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it's it's not so much maybe like a remake, but a, a God, I don't even know, a different take on it or something. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man, that gets out there towards the end. Yes. Well, one all of the most most. Uh, I don't even I don't know how to describe that ending. Did, did you beat that one, Billy? I did, and I and I also. Am a, that was a very <laughs> uncomfortable ending, right there. <laughs> it was. It was. Well, we also could always mention Deadly Premonition, good any time of year, but especially this oh. time of year, <laughs> especially after the the most recent season of Twin Peaks finished, and that's that's basically yes. what the game is, anyways. Twin Peaks. So, mm-hmm. uh, but apparently, this season of Twin Peaks, I did not see it. I've heard it's it's hit and miss. Uh, where Deadly Premonition is pretty much all missed, but in the most fabulous way. So you can always play that one. Uh, but to get ready for our next episode, we will be playing again the original Resident Evil on PlayStation. Uh, it's in all its wonderful glory. It's another game that may not have aged as well as you should have graphically, uh, and along with many other tiny ways, but still a classic. And looking forward to playing it again in a in a current set of eyes. Uh, so until then, again, please check us out, Retrovania.net. Uh, like Jeremy mentioned a couple of times, we do have videos that go up pretty consistently consistently uh, in between these episodes uh, find us on twitter retrovania.net we have an instagram now it's under retrovania.net spelled out i don't really know why we have it except that i was excited to put some other social media thing out there so it's there and i will be taking pictures of random things uh video game wise that i have in my house uh, old. oh good I'm, I'm glad you clarified yeah yeah not just random things here's a dog no it's it'll be video game related things and things that tie into the episodes as well uh you know so if you follow us between twitter facebook instagram and you know, actually listening to the uh, listening to the podcast, watching the episodes, you'll see all we have to offer. But until then, I don't know what I was going to say there. So we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>